Good morning, church. How many of you are grateful for that grace this morning? Say amen. Wow. Good to be in God's house. These ladies are amazing. They're called Tapestry, for those of you that don't know. And they are kind of like ambassadors from Burlington Baptist Church. And Jim Woolham, he steals them every chance he gets and takes them out in Northern Kentucky churches and sings. And we're grateful for that. And ladies, thank you so much for sharing with us today. What a gift. Well, it's good to be in God's house. Amen. And we're going to continue our series today on four-letter words in the Bible. Last week, we talked about a four-letter word, and we talked about holy. And I started the sermon by saying, how many of you feel like you're holy? And you were like, hmm, I I don't know, you know. And uh, I probably got more response from that sermon than any one I've ever preached. I had people text me, and, and, you know, words have meanings that uh, can really affect our life. And so today we have another one that we're going to look at. But before we do that, we're going to pray. Let's pray. Will you join me as we pray? Father, thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of teaching. I pray, God, for the gift of teaching today, that that what I say and do will bring glory to you, Lord, and that we'll be drawn closer to you and that we'll be encouraged. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and what he means in our lives, and we thank you for that grace. Thank you for that grace that's unprecedented. So thankful for you. So much that you loved us first. So, Lord, as we go into this time, have your way. Speak, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody again said, amen. You know, we live in a culture uh, where uh, sometimes it's kind of interesting words, you have to kind of watch what you say and that sort of thing. And we're going to talk about a word today that's not used a lot, but it is the most frequently used word in a command in the whole Bible. If I were to ask you a question, what is the most frequent command in the Bible, what would you say that is? And you don't have to call them out because it is the one. But, But you think about this. Think about what is the most frequent thing that we're commanded to do in the Bible. It appears more frequently than any other thing. And I did not know this. I, as I began to do this study, I, I did this word thing, and I kind of got into it. You know, words, topics, and things, uh, we're taught to, to, told even in this day and age that we're supposed to kind of avoid some things, and uh, topics, things to talk about. Uh, we don't want to be labeled. Like last week when I said holy, we were kind of apprehensive about raising our hands. You know, we weren't sure. But the Bible says to be holy. We don't want to be like categorized like the world talks about, like a holy Muslim guy or, or, or that wears the thing. But, but words can have a meaning, and, and I, I started doing a Google search on words. Uh, and, and I found these websites. It's incredible. You can find websites on words that you should not use, like when you go to a job interview. Don't, don't do this. I, I found one site that said words or sentences and words that you shouldn't use on a first date, and I found these to be very <laughs> Man, it just had this 42 years ago. She probably never married me. But anyway, I want to read. Listen, listen to some of these phrases. Now, I don't know why you would do this, but here's some of the phrases that you should never use on a first date. Are you ready? Here we go. My last relationship was the worst. No, really, it's true. Uh, how about this one? I still love my ex. Don't use these on a first date, folks. I'm telling you. How about this one? I really want to get married. This one kind of freaked me out a little bit, but um, okay. I've never told anybody this, but whatever. And then this sounds like one of my friends that I went to high school with and hung out with. Here's, here's another one that you should never do is, I ordered you a chicken burger while you were gone. I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but the truth is when we get into talking about topics, um, the most frequent command in the Bible has a four-letter word in it, and that four-letter word is fear. And the most common and frequent command in the Bible is fear not. So today I want to talk to you about fear. 
because I think that we all have fear in our lives. We live in a day and age where, I mean, you know, we see things and we hear things. And, and so how do we deal with fear in our lives? Now, there are things that we should be afraid of in terms of certain things, like, you know, you shouldn't probably mess with poisonous snakes and you should be afraid of stuff like that. But there are other things in our lives that God's calling us to, to do things. And, and he's with us. And so when we look at this today, I want us to, to maybe get this one down to where we can figure out how we can confront fear in our lives and be effective with it because we all confront it. So David is the greatest example. And if you're facing fear today in your life, I want to encourage you to get in the book of Psalms because here's David. David is a man after God's own heart. He's this, uh, from the Bible, I kind of get this, he's a musician, he's a poet. But his life wasn't always like a bed of roses that everything went well. I mean, he was a hot mess at times. He had a son that was trying to kill him, threw over his kingdom. He had another person that was pursuing him. He obviously had some relational issues. And he had all these things going on, but yet he always turned back to God. And when you read these passages of Scripture that David wrote, you can see that David truly had a relationship with God, and he kept pursuing God, and God kept pursuing him. Look at this passage. Here's what David wrote in Psalms 25. Here's what he says. Who are they that fear the Lord who will teach them the way that they should choose? So David had enough sense to recognize that we are to fear the Lord. Now, the word fear in this, as, in this instance is talking about respect. You're to respect God and to have a respect for God. Proverbs, Solomon wrote this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says this. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The respect of God is the beginning of wisdom. You see, fear of God in this context is what we're supposed to. We're supposed to respect God. But the Bible tells us to fear not. And I've just been repeated so much uh, that I'm coming to believe that there are things that we're to be afraid of, but there are things that can, you know, absolutely cause us to freeze up with fear. Uh, we talk about things in life that, that we would fear, but there are some things we won't talk about. When we talk about our inward fears, it's a whole other matter, isn't it? I mean, I don't want you to know what I'm afraid of. In fact, I don't want you to know that every Sunday morning before I walk up here, I stand over here and my knees knock to you. It may be funny, but it's true. There are things that, that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to share things of what we're afraid of. But the fact is we all have things in our lives. And so when we talk about references of fear, how do we deal with them? Uh, you know, the, the Bible says to, to not to fear. The Bible tells us to, to love our enemies, but not to fear. More, more than anything, it tells us not to fear. The phrase fear not or variations of that, do not fear, is the most repeated. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, Danny said it was 365 times that it was mentioned in the Bible. You think that's a coincidence? That's one for every day of the year, if you think about it. Do not fear. Exodus, it started early on in the Bible when God was telling his people. In Exodus 14, he says, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord when he will bring you in. God called his people out. They left Egypt. They were comfortable. And God took them, as I told you last week, they got to the, to the edge of the water. And there they stood looking at the ocean or the Dead Sea. It wasn't the ocean, the Dead Sea. Don't talk about that. Standing at the Dead Sea, and they had to cross, and God parts the water for them. He tells them to use the rod that's in his hand, do not fear the deliverance that God brings. One interesting thing about this fear not concept in the Bible is when you see fear not, it's always followed in a lot of cases by God will see you through. Look at this one in Deuteronomy. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Aren't you glad that God will fight your battles? How many of you are fight, not are lovers, not fighters, right? You want God to fight the battle. I mean, if we're his children and he really cares for you, wouldn't it make sense that God would fight the battle for you? 
Joshua got this. Look what Joshua says in chapter 10, verse 8. Do not be afraid. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand. The thing that we notice the most about afraid is, is it, it discourages us when we fear. You know what the opposite of discouragement is? Encouragement. Encouragement. And encouragement needs to be filled with courage. But the book of Psalms is a great resource. And this is one of the best ones. And I want to hang on this one a little bit today. I want you to look at what this sentence says in 46. Mark this in your book. If you're dealing with something today about fear, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. Psalms 46. This is what it says. God is our strength. Wow. (laughs) Gotta make a shirt and put it on there. Get a little relief in there. God is our refuge and our strength. Look at this next part. Does it say he's sometimes ready to help you with something you've got going? No, he says he's always ready to help. When? In times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earth quakes. Now, I don't know about you guys. Anybody ever been in an earthquake? We've had a few shakers around here, haven't we, in in this part of the country. I remember back in the 70s one day I was home on a Sunday afternoon. Diane was shopping or doing something. She wasn't there, and I was sitting at the house, and it started doing this, and I was like, what's going on? And then I got up and I looked and, and they said it was a little tremor. I'm thinking, I don't want to be in a big one. Look what he says. Though the earth shakes, the earth quakes, the mountains crumble into the sea, God is our refuge. And he's always ready to help. I want you to hold on to that today. Because in our lives, there are things that happen that can cause us fear. There are things that we don't understand that might happen. But God is our strength and our refuge. Always ready to help talks about the oceans roaring and foaming. I don't know. There's nothing no greater to me than seeing the ocean, just that massive power of the ocean. The one that created that massive thing is the one that's on your side and your refuge and your strength. Fear not. The implication is that there are situations in our lives that come along when we read this passage of Scripture that makes us feel hopeless, helpless, and vulnerable. We have something in that that we're not in control of, perhaps we're even reluctant to talk about it. You know, there's things in my life and your life that we sometimes don't want to talk about. But God is for you today. He cares for you. You don't believe me? Look at that cross up there behind me. He sent his son to die on that cross. We have this word called phobias. There's all kinds of phobias out there, you know, a fear of something. Claustrophobia, confined of spaces. Acrophobia, it's a a phobia of, of heights, scared of heights. Arachnophobia, my wife has this one, it's spiders. There's one in our house, you can hear her scream all the way over in Cincinnati. And I found a new one, there's a pentrophobia. You know what pentrophobia is? It's a fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> Interesting world we live in, isn't it? Fears, there's a whole set of other fears, though, that are real, that we all have in our lives maybe at times, or maybe there are those that we're dealing with right today, and One of them is, I understand, common. One of them is the fear of rejection. It's a fear that uh, people keep other people at arm's length because they've been hurt. And you see it all the time. We run into people. I read that all the time. They say, you know, I just don't want to be rejected by them. Let me tell you something. We have a God that says he will not reject you. There's a fear of abandonment that we see. It's one of the top five most common things that happen or that people fear. It's a fear of loneliness. With me, I'm going to end up alone. Here's the real thing. But let me tell you something. Every one of these fears, God consistently will speak into them and give you hope when you feel rejected, when you feel.
feel the fear again, when you feel lonely, when you feel like you're a failure, I want to tell you something. God sees you. And he loves you too. You know, uh, I've seen people who were so afraid of fear, uh, afraid of fear of failing that they wouldn't even try. I, I met a guy one day and he was up for a promotion. He was talking about it. And I said, why don't you do that? He goes, I'm afraid to fail. He was scared to even try it. He was afraid he would fail. The fear of failure can grip us. It can paralyze us. You know, uh, I, I uh, was sitting in the first service, and they said something about Kentucky. It was a good day in Kentucky. And I was sitting over here, and I thought, yeah, it's a good day in Kentucky. It's a little cloudy, but it's a good day. Everybody's clapping and hooping. I'm like, yeah, it's a good day in Kentucky. Those of you that know me know that I had no clue why it was a good day in Kentucky. And Sister Laura reached forward and said, Kentucky won back a football game. I said, the football, football game. I almost pulled that one off. I almost got it. out for teams. <laughs> um, maybe you didn't ask a girl out when you were in high school because you were afraid of failure. But the fear of failure, when it's the fear of failure, it gets pressed and sometimes it gives us a bad working day, doesn't it? Because we get all up in the air. Now, I remember in my life talking to people who, who said, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, I'd follow Jesus, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And I'm like, dude, you have got this all upside down. Seriously. Because when we follow Jesus, he picks us up, and we give it to him by faith. Would you agree with that? That he will lead us. And yeah, we may make some mistakes, but look at David. Look at these guys. Their book was full of people that did that. I can't do it. Him, him, him. Think about those disciples out there on the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden the, the water, the storms come up, and, and everything's coming unglued, and and they wake up, they, Jesus is sleeping, they're, they're troubled. They said, hey, do something. He goes up and says, I'm bringing you some food. Come on. Because he loves us too much. Sometimes it may not be external, but on the inside. Sometimes what we need is just to be reminded that God is for us and that he is our refuge. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I feel the earthquakes figuratively in my life or when things start collapsing around me, I don't always go to the God is my refuge as the first thing. I should. So should you. That's why I'm preaching this message today. Fear not. 365 of them. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And God is that safe place where we can go. In our times of need. In our times where we need strength. God can be our refuge. I love the, the passage in Psalms 121 verses 1 through 4. Look what it says here. I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let me slumber. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Sometimes you're having a rough time and your fears go outside and look up at the stars and be reminded that he could do that. He could hang those stars in the heavens. He's got you. He's got me. He's got you. He watches over us. Interesting observation about God. You know, and throughout the whole Bible, I don't know that I've ever read, and I, I could be wrong on this one, but I don't know that I've ever read where he said, just play it safe. I mean, he calls these guys. He calls these guys. Can you imagine? you you got a fishing business. Things are going pretty good, and all of a sudden Jesus calls you following. You're going along with him. Everything's going good. The other guys had their businesses, tent makers, all these different things that they did. And then one day he comes up to him and he says, hey, guys, I'm leaving. 
take care, but listen. And I can imagine right there, they're probably like, what? We're going to play it safe there. He's already told them what it's going to be. It's going to be tough on you, but spread the word, preach the gospel. But here's the thing. I'm going to be leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. He's going to send a comforter. That comforter that he sent to them, he sends it to us. Did you realize today as a Christian, if you put your faith in Jesus, you trusted in Jesus, his spirit lives within you. He walks with you. He is alive in you. And God is for you too. You know, when we face fear, there's ways that we respond to it. I, I looked these up and there's three ways, and probably more than this, but there's three very popular ways when you look it up that we, that we respond to fear. One of them, the first one is we fight. When fear comes into our lives, we fight. Uh, I've seen this happen to people, particularly people who want to be in control. They fix what needs to be fixed for whatever reason. They can't fix it, so they fight. They get into fight mode, and as we go into fight mode, we become angry. I've done this. That's the first one. The second one is we flight. Whew, there's a good one. I like that one. I'm out of here, right? Something gets a little tough. Something starts happening in our We flight. We want to hide from it because we have a fear of maybe of being rejected or a fear of commitment or getting too close. So we run. We shut down and we run. Interesting, though. You know, if you're afraid to fly, you can stay away from CBG. If you're afraid, afraid to hike, you can stay off the ladder. But if you're afraid about relationships and you don't get close to God, it's going to define who you are in your life. And God wants that for us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. Flight. Then there's the freeze mode. Freeze. You ever been so fearful that you just were like, I'm like, I'm not going to fear. I'm in it, folks. It's going to happen. And we let fear overtake our lives and, and, and we stay and we, and we pull back. When in fact, we really ought to be pushing forward to trust in Jesus. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We stay in places sometimes so long that we lose perspective, and that's why we need to just stay and remind ourselves who you are in Jesus. He said he would send a protector to us. You know, some, I don't want to trust any of this, man. I'm getting things that I don't, you know. Here's the thing. Faith can usurp fear. Faith can usurp fear. The Bible says, how do I get faith? How do we get faith? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There was a lady in this church that I had supper with this week, one Diane went up today. And I looked at this lady, I've looked at her for 10 years. And she is probably, in my mind, the closest thing to a saint of God that I've ever seen. And I want to be like that, don't you? I mean, you ever see somebody like that that just seems like they, they just, their life, they just hit it head on and, they, and they're up and they're doing good. And, and so I was talking to her and I, and I started listening to her and talking and she was like, you know, this morning when I was having my devotions, you know, this afternoon I was praying. Over the course of our meal, I heard her talk about reading the word. I heard her talk about being a better Christian. I heard her talking about praying to God. You know where the trick is to get your faith to grow? It comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hang out with other Christians. Get in the Word. Talk to the Lord. Share together. Faith can usurp fear. There's an old saying that says, when fear knocks at your door and faith answers it, you'll find most of the time there's nobody there. So basically it comes down to this. Are we going to become an angry person or are we going to put our faith in God? We see it over and over again in our lives. We see people who respond differently and act differently. Sometimes the Lord calms the storms in our lives, but sometimes he lets the storm rage and he calms it. 
that when we pray to God, we call out to him, just like David said. And we see David has this peace that comes over him. In Psalm 66, 11, it says, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can man do to me? I've done so many funerals, I can't even keep count of them this last week. I told you guys that before. I've done four more or three more in the last four weeks. One of the things that I noticed at a funeral is that everybody thinks about the person that was there. Sometimes I believe that some folks may not even think about that until that point, but here's the thing. That passage of Scripture, when we're a child of God, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I was talking to an individual this week that said they were at a funeral and they noticed that there were people of faith and they were excited in terms of happy they had a peace that will bring peace when you have faith. Faith brings stability in our lives. When we believe that we have a worldview that God's in control and that God can deliver us from our present danger and distress. David got that. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Faith puts things in eternal perspective. It gives us the hope of tomorrow, and it gives us the hope of one day that God will wipe away our tears. perspective that faith leads us to that we can see the future. You know, I've noticed some observations about fear and faith like this. Fear defines itself by what we see. Let me repeat that. So faith defines itself by what we see. Fear turns out, faith turns in. Fear counts for power. Faith works in secret. Fear revels in being talked about. Faith Fear works kind of like a, a developing a photograph. Fear is the dark room in which we develop life's negatives. But the more we're in there, the more we start to experience the glory of the light. I'm telling you today that God is in control. I'm telling you today that what you're confronting, I know what fear is. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not discouraging you from confronting it. Let him be your refuge and your strength. David wrote Psalm 66. He said this, I trust in God. I truly trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Some of you do. Isaiah wrote in his book in 41, the 41st chapter, verse 10, he says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Don't be discouraged. God has a plan for you. Folks, we live in a world that's tough. I know we're all facing something. I don't know that I've ever seen a life when there were so many things going on in my life. But you know what? fear, you press on and you trust his plan and you hold on to him right now because he is your refuge and your strength. We need to place our fear in the hands of God and faith in him. Faith that God cares for us and he cares for you as you trust him this morning. That's the hope that we have in this text. That's what the scriptures are alluding to when we use this four letter word that's used more than any other in the whole Bible, fear not. That's Hanan in the Hebrew. He's a God who created the world, and he's a part of your life. Where do you choose to make your home? I read a, a, a priest wrote this. He said, you can choose to live in a house of fear or a house of love. You can't live in both. Where do you choose to make your home? 1 John 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 18 says this. Watch this. Perfect love casts out fear. We have an example of such a perfect love. His name is Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see perfect love. 
Men til Jesus i Kristus, som kan hjælpe os til at være alle de her ting, som vi skal være. Hjælp mig til at lære dig. Tak fordi jeg tror, at du har lavet mig. Har du forstået det? Har du forstået det, du har lavet ved at tage din far og tage dig til Jesus Kristus? For at få forståelse for det, som du har givet din liv ind til, som du har givet mig. For at give os den Many times our fears come from fear of losing you. Many times our fears are based on fear to be reminded of our faith. Faith puts God in truth. Faith invites us to remember who God is and what God has done for us and what he's done for us. He saved us from sin. Faith puts God in truth to remind us of our faith. And faith invites us to remember who God is and what he's done for us. My prayer today is that you'll walk out of here knowing that knowing that fear is real, but also knowing that fear is a lie. And that you've got hope. Some of you have never had hope before. You've never had hope. Some of you have never had amazing hope. You couldn't even tell me. It's not a bad thing, but it's a good thing. Because it stands in contrast